The following program contains discussion of content some listeners may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2023, and we're starting as we mean to go on by reviewing Cannibal Holocaust. Yay! Yay! Peer pressure, peer pressure, peer pressure. One! Yes, uh, you might be able to tell by the boisterous voices at the other end uh, of the microphones that um, that, that we, we, we're we mixing it up a little bit. Uh, normally, as, uh, Australia Month, when we review Australian films, comes in January. Nah, we're not doing that. We're, we're, we're tearing up the whole schedule briefly. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have some, some fun in January. Uh, looking at some films that people really want to see. And the three chuckleheads sat on this couch with me. <laughs> really want to see Cannibal Holocaust. We're also doing it uh, because the director of Cannibal Holocaust, um, whose name is... Rogerio Diodato. Beautifully pronounced. Uh, yeah, old uh, Reggie D, as I call him. Uh, sadly, he passed away uh, in uh, about a week ago at the time of recording. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what better way to mark his legacy by watching the film that briefly had him on trial for murder and other uh, fun things like that uh, as always we have someone who's seen the film before and someone who has not we actually have two people who have seen the film before that's right we, we... broke the system yeah, you yeah. Get, you're getting a special Screw treat you steven <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't know about inviting you on now but sure um yes uh, our guest who hasn't seen the film though it is tegan mulvaney hello from a mum for christmas to cannibal holocaust <laughs> <laughs> They're very much, um, uh, I'm pretty sure Our Mum for Christmas was a spiritual sequel I'm too. I'm so excited to see which one I have. I vote higher <laughs> by the end of this. Yes. So, um, uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Mm-hmm. What do you know about this film? I know, I, I know a, a couple of things about it. I know about like the murder trials and mm-hmm. things like that. I know that it's on my Tubi watch list and I'm very glad I haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether to be proud or worried about the fact that Murray... <laughs> <laughs> Murray was like, if Tegan hasn't seen it, she'd be perfect for this. <laughs> but I, I get, I'm guessing it's because it, you know that it won't ruin the friendships. Or maybe it will. Or you, we don't care about the friendships enough. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it's definitely a litmus test. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. M- mind you, my film that I picked was Happiness. So I yeah. feel like that was a litmus test oh, as yeah, well. So. Yeah. I'm that, excited. I said that should be a musical. That should. Oh, yes. let's write that musical. We keep talking about other films. Yes. Well, I mean, I think it's just because, honestly, it's a little bit like a late Christmas present for, for everyone here, just to be like, we're getting to talk about Cannibal Holocaust. And, you know, because we, we, we normally don't do exploitation films on this program. You know, we're normally, with the exception of the time you made me do happiness, we're normally, <laughs> actually, you know, pretty, pretty tame in some respects. I do uh, feel like we have commandeered this you quite have. significantly because... The original suggestion was to commemorate Pele, yeah. <laughs> the passing of Pele, and then was it, and then Rob was mm. like, "Yeah, but the director of Cannibal Holocaust died," and all of a sudden we were doing it. Yeah, well, nobody's seen Escape to Victory. That's <laughs> that's the problem. So uh, yeah, sorry Pele, this is also your in memoriam episode. I, I hope that's hashtag okay. Pele. Put it so when people. <laughs> 
I also also think it's it's a, it's a little bit of Chinese water torture too because I've I've sort of said to Stephen over the course of, of of the years, you know, cannibal Holocaust, cannibal Holocaust. Started as a joke, and then uh, somewhere midstream, sort of, uh, yeah, we really probably should. Yep, only took almost three hundred episodes, but <laughs> we finally, you finally cracked me. That's that's how it goes. Uh, our guests who have seen the film, we should introduce them. Uh, we have got uh, Murray Jackson. Hello, hello, Stephen. And Robert Woods. Howdy. Um, how are you, Murray? Oh, I'm I'm a box of birds uh, that we're doing this, Stephen, because mm. uh, it's it, it, it's normally around this time of year. I like to. Pop in Cannibal Holocaust and reacquaint myself with some uh, good old gut munching uh, gore. Do, do you actually watch this every year? Uh, I, th- I think I've uh, pretty much watched it the last three years. So, mm. yeah, it's become sort of like an annual event. Yeah, that's. But it's, some people, it's, mm. I don't know, Muppet Christmas Carol for me, it's it's Cannibal Holocaust. Look, everyone's had to deal Muppet with. Muppet Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's had to Muppet's deal with the pandemic cannibal. in their own way. So, um, yeah, I'm pleased. And uh, I understand that we're watching a a a newest uh, or a newish release of this film. Oh, yeah, it's just an upscale. Yeah. We're um, currently looking at five copies of the DVD. Yes, on, on the table before us, there Blu-ray. are Blu rays and DVDs, uh, five different versions of Cannibal Holocaust. Well, or, actually, some of them are the same. Uh, oh, but okay. uh, yeah, so just different distributors. Uh, I, 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 yes, I'm, I'm a little bit um, sort of OCD on, on Cannibal Holocaust releases, I suppose. Well, somebody has to be, and we're glad that it's you, because uh, it means we get to look at all these wonderful covers and. Just a lot of impaling going on there. Um, very, very exciting. Uh, Robert Woods, how are you? Oh, about a seven. Excellent. Um, Robert, um, it's it's not often that we put on an extra guest. I know. Um, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like happy to just sit in the corner and, and watch. But, but, you know, in the spirit of, uh, I don't know, this feels like, you know, technically I think this will come out around about 12th night, which is the day of misrule. So this is the servants becoming the masters and all that kind of thing. So I feel Lovely. it's appropriate that we're breaking just a bunch of rules uh, for this episode. Um, but we're very happy to have you here as well. Um, I'm really excited to have Robert here because Robert's a director. And I, I want to know whether or not uh, he would have done anything differently um, <laughs> when we discuss the film after. Oh. Anyway, back to you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask, in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, uh, between you, Robert and Murray, what's Cannibal Holocaust about? Oh, um, I think um, there's a clue in the title. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's two. But... Um, <laughs> The cannibal genre had been around since probably about 1972, a film called um, Deep River Savages. And over the years, um, I guess a lot of the Italian genre directors jumped in and did a Holocaust, uh, sorry, a a, um, cannibal film. Diodato himself ended up doing at least three. Um, And Cannibal Holocaust came out in 1980. I think that particular year there were like five, at least five, cannibal releases. That's how big the genre was. So you had Cannibal Holocaust, you had Cannibal Apocalypse, Cannibal Terror. Uh, what else did we have in there? Eat the Alive. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great year for cannibals. Yeah. Xanadu. And oh, and and uh, trash musicals. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and one thing we should say as well is um, 
we know going in that there is we absolutely cannot say no animals were harmed in the making of this film because multiple animals were harmed in the making of this film oh, yeah. but i believe that the version we're watching is the one with the fewest animal deaths on screen well it's probably one yeah. less to be perfectly honest okay. it's not that um, much difference mm, it's not that much difference yeah yeah but um yeah it's i think it's just important to flag we're all having a good time in joking here yeah, but trigger we, warning a lot of trigger warnings for yeah. this film i think mm. oh, this but, is not for everyone <laughs> i think i have to record a new uh trigger warning because i normally just have a, a standard one i might have to record a special one for, for this film um actually i'll do it right now <clears throat> the following program you're about to watch talks about a film which is fucked please be advised <laughs> that this film is fucked thank you yeah uh so with all that being said shall we watch cannibal holocaust yeah let's do Indeed. it Indeed. Okay, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services. Traumatize me! And prepare to hide your turtles, your coates, your tarantulas, your squirrel monkeys, and your pigs as we watch Cannibal Holocaust. Shish kebabs on me. Shish kebabs. Are we having lunch? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we'll be watching people. Why do, you th- why do you think there's an extra guest? <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Cannibal Holocaust. Woo! Yeah. yeah. And I'm joined by my very special guests, Robert Woods. Hello. Tegan Mulvaney. Hello. And Murray Jackson. Hello. Tegan. Yeah. That was your first time watching Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. What did you think? Oh. Oh, so many feelings. <laughs> so many things. Um, it's going to get a better score than a mum for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Um... <laughs> It, I, my head is in a mix because it's. I feel like it's an important film that needs to exist, but it also shouldn't exist. Mm. Um, That's a fair assessment, actually. That's kind of along my yeah. thoughts as well. Like, I, I made a comment while we were watching it about when I mean, we'll get to it, but with some of the when the pig gets killed yeah. and the actor actually kills the pig, mm. that summed up everything I hate about actors <laughs> as mm. an actor. Where <laughs> Where, bless you. Um, where actors, this is my revenant argument. Yeah. The revenant, where when he's <laughs> eating the liver, yeah. he doesn't need to eat the liver. Mm. You're an actor. Act. Yeah. Unlike in this film, where Harold had to eat the liver, like that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was his case where you had to eat the liver. I guess I bring that up because I look at that and I go, oh, oh, I can see why, when, and how all of this stuff happened. But yeah, maybe we wouldn't. I don't know. It's it's the it's nineteen eighty. It, it's there's so many examples of this stuff happening in films through mm. the years. Um, I don't like it being glorified. It's not glorified in this though. It just seems to be a thing that happened. It's weird. It's it's messing with my head. Yeah, I, I think it's probably a, a good starting point to talk about the uh, depictions of animal deaths um, that were real in this film because it's one of the things this film is most known for. Yeah. Um, You know, it's known for the fact that you see a tarantula get killed. You see a pig get shot. You see... A perfectly innocent snake. Yeah. uh, A monkey getting turned into the delicacy of the the brains being eaten. Mm. Now, the way that it was shot 
um, was partly, and I, I think the most egregious is the turtle. Uh, as much as the pig is, I think egregious for its the fact we see the actor performing the yeah. the, the killing um, in in that shot. I think the turtle because it's so, it's it's such a sequence that the turtle being taken visceral. apart. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't like it, condone mm. it, or agree with it, mm. but. I understand the filming of that turtle because when they kill the humans later on, it's exactly the same. It's almost exactly the same sequence of mm. like, even the way the turtle body is uh, almost like jelly and is wobbly mm. when they're chopping old mate apart later on. Yeah. That's what his, the meat mm. of his body is made of. I'm like, Oh, okay. So, and like you talked about with the music, the way they, yeah. they totally set that up for you to understand that this is, they, they, they coerce you into thinking yeah. it's real. Mm. That made it even... I was like, as soon as I saw the human getting chopped up, I went, oh, that's why they've shown mm. the turtle like that. Because it, it looks the same. The meat looks the same inside mm. the turtle as it does in the human. Mm. And that convinces you that the human that deaths real. are real. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes it shocking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and also, like, for, I suppose, a little bit more context is because they were using, uh, in, in terms of actors for this film, the indigenous um, characters were played by indigenous people to that part of the world in south america um where some of their practice did include they they do eat monkey brains as a delicacy and so the the particularly that scene with the monkey was accurate in terms of how it was depicted and there, I, I think it's, it's interesting where there's that difference between capturing something that is a like cultural practice or a significant practice of a group of people in the same way that in Walkabout, we see David Gulpalil spear the kangaroo, which but is we horrible. Don't see. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, go ahead. This is the, this is I t- sorry, I, but the mm. there was a part with that monkey where the um, tribes member held the face to camera, mm. and I was like, I was thinking to myself, have they spent so much time with this film crew that they that they're learning how to please the film crew yeah. and they know that that's going to please them or is someone telling them to do that because it looked like they'd actually gone oh i think they're going to want to see the face yeah it was really whereas in walkabout that's very traditional it is um yeah it's um yeah you don't get the sense that for walkabout it's being done for entertainment no. whereas in this i think it, entertainment might not be the right word, but it, re- it, but it reminded yeah. me of the what's the Australian one with the guy Wake and Fright. Wake and Fright. The, yeah. the, uh, the 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 rue killing in Wake and Fright. It reminded yeah. me of. Yeah, yeah. But, but the one thing I suppose to bring some context to it is that the killing of animals was a trope of these films. Mm. It I can't begin to tell you how many of these films have that. Mm. Right back to Deep River Savages, which is probably the first of this genre, mm. where it was a snake and a mongoose. Um, and that's quite a nasty little um, mm. scene as well. So I think it's a trope of these films because they put them in there. It's like, look how savage this world is. Mm. Uh, and, and just to illustrate that, look how cheap life is, mm. even with the animals. Um, mm. So I think that's a lot to do with it, but I actually think in this film, Diodato put a lot of the stuff in there, primarily the shock. Yeah. But I, 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 but I do agree with the point that was made of the fact that the comparisons are then drawn to the later killings of the human characters, like, like when Jack is... Or is that a fluke? Up. I don't know, but it's like you said about the music and putting those two pieces yeah. together, because it's so organic... 
that I didn't even notice that it was happening you until you said it. it. Mm. Yeah, you get it, it. It teaches the audience to associate feeling a certain way when this music and this imagery comes up mm. with real events so that they repeat it exactly the same later on with the human deaths and you can't help but feel that same realism, that same visceral kind of disgust watching it and, mm. and this like terrible foreboding of yeah. it. And, and it's, just get it, more frantic. And it's it, very effective. It is very effective. Like it's, it, and like, I, I'll be honest, having not seen this film in its entirety, I was kind of expecting this to be really bad. It, Me too. And it's not. It's, it's you know, it's yeah. actually one of the few like cannibal films that, you know, you can argue it's actually got some thematic material behind it. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's actually a point to what, what they're trying to say with yeah. this stuff. It's very on the nose. I mean, they, they, it's not subtle. They finished the film with it. It's and like, it's, it's one of those, like, yeah. it's one of those very hypocritical points. Mm. <laughs> it's like making a film about, you know, dangers of violence. You have to make the most violent film possible to do so. Or well, the but, irony like... <laughs> of white people exploiting a tribe when that's exactly when that, yeah, what's happening exactly. to make the film. It is, that's yeah. why I'm very. Yeah, very confused yeah. by how I feel about it. It's like it. this shield of like of criticism over it, but it like the layers of hypocrisy are just it just ingrained yeah. within this film. You can't <laughs> you can't separate it. Is is there a way to then tell a story that is set around like because the, the film is partly a a critique of colonialism. Like that was an intent from when it was being put together. Um, but is there a way to do that without sort of um, I, I suppose inflicting the the sins of the past, like because if you, if you try and make this film and you don't have the indigenous people uh, playing themselves, like if it was you know a, a bunch of like Hollywood extras that they got yeah. dressed up, that's a very different type of problematic. Um, I want, but a different I, kind of exploitation. Yeah, but I wonder if you make so the 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 talk about that now because it it is it's a very important talk. And I think the conversation around it is in the writer's room and in the production room, you need the voice of those people. Mm. If you're going to write about a specific thing with taking on people of different cultures, mm. they've got to speak on behalf of their culture. Mm. That's potentially what's missing in this, is, is yeah, a the, voice from the other side. The mm. actions depicted of these tribes, are like, they're made up. Mm. Like, they, they said that they might have some actual, like, occasional ritualistic cannibalism in these mm. tribes but it's they're not they're not going around eating people every other day like mm. that's not what they do so this is like it's all you know exploitation sensationalism mm. right stuff. from the start yeah well, that's, at the heart of it that's what we've got to remember is what was the key point of the, making this film it's an exploitation feature mm. yeah that's true it, it, it's there to shock and entertain mm. and make a few bucks uh in foreign distribution on the Grindhouse cinema chain. I mean, that's... We did it. So have they accidentally made a clever film? Clever-ish film? That, that's <laughs> uh, that's a, a very high possibility. And did they accidentally invent found footage? I can't think of an earlier example of, 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 of something that is designed as a found footage film. Mm. And, like, you know, the second half of this film um, is very, very reminiscent of 
stuff that would then follow things like uh, the Blair Witch Project was one we were talking about a lot and you know, I know, I know that Paul Greengrass didn't invent the shaky cam or people running around, but you know, because there were shots yeah. in this where I was like, "Oh, that's quite that wouldn't be out of place in like a Paul Greengrass film." Yeah, um, that documentary style. Yeah, I mean, they they they're specifically using that the documentary style of filming with two cameras and the lenses that they have, and they're using the the documentary film crew mm. to shoot it so that it felt exactly like that, so that when you see it side by side with some real documentary footage mm. that it it fits in so that it mm. just adds to that realism and that mm. the idea that this is this is all happening and and um as a found footage genre fan like y- you kind of grow up knowing that this is the granddaddy of them all mm. like this is the the kind of originator and and it's not um it's not entirely that format but it's like it slowly becomes that throughout the second half mm. and yeah it's it's fun to see kind of the origins of a lot of tropes that are just so standard now mm. to see them beginning here and not not quite being fully formed but like a lot of the language of it and a lot of the um the setup of it and is is the same and mm. that's why i think that this film's from a genre perspective is an important film because you know with all due respect to the other cannibal films and there's a lot of them folks look them <laughs> up um, there is a shed load uh, this they, they all became rather formulaic hmm. you know white man goes in the jungle white man or white woman uh, gets kidnapped um, abused there's some sexual connotations in there um, people die horribly and into film. Whereas mm. in this, he has actually introduced some ideas, hasn't mm. he? Yeah. Um, mm. Whether or not they're fully formed, uh, whether or not some of them are desirable, <laughs> yeah. that's that's a different question. Mm. I mean, the, the plot of the film, because we probably should cover that, uh, it is that this is um, the story of a missing film crew who uh, we see at the start of the film when they're being interviewed preparing to go into deepest, darkest jungles to saying, yeah, we know some film crews have disappeared there in the past, but they were French. We're not. We're going to make this totally work. Classic and, American. Yeah. Well, well, well Italians as well. well. Italians like, going, this is what the Yankees are like. <laughs> Dig at them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And then they, as they fly off, the news reporters are like, and that's the last time they were ever seen. And uh, they hire Professor Harold Monroe, who has... Uh, the worst pipe in film, like a crappy little corn cob <laughs> pipe. Terrible. Yeah, it's not. It's not nice. But you know, he's he's on an academic. He's not going to take his good pipe to the jungle. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He saves that for when he's smoking in the projectionist room <laughs> when he shouldn't be. Um, you okay, Rob? It hurts my soul. <laughs> uh, Harold is hired to try and track them down. So he goes to the jungle. He meets up with um, uh, Chaco, who is this uh, uh, gruff. Almost Jean Renault like um, tracker um, who. Now I imagine Roland Emmerich's Cannibal Holocaust <laughs> with Jean Renault as the <laughs> the nineties version of this. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway, the the professor is taken to meet um, one of the tribes, and the tribes are very unhappy, uh, particularly with the fact that there are white people there, and they're like, "Wow, what did this last film crew do?" Um, they're sort of getting to know them, though. They, you know, they they start communicating a little bit um you know losing the, pro- the clothes helped didn't it yeah, really? the, yeah the professor decides to go for a, a bit of a bathe to show hey i'm a 
same yeah. as you. I've got all these bits. Uh, immediately gets jumped on by six women in the river. So he's having a great time. Yeah. And then they go to a shrine and he follows them. And it's a shrine made of the remains of the people he was looking for. Um, and then we, we kick into gear. Um, he manages to get the canisters off them with the clever trade of the world's loudest Casio tape recorder. <laughs> <laughs> Booming that music out. Uh, the footage is returned to New York. In remarkably good condition. Mm. Yeah, yes. just a bit of humidity damage. Yeah, and and obviously smoke. from. I the know, but they did establish drink. that. They were like, they were too scared to open it to let the powers out. Yeah. I, they covered their ground yeah. Like, yeah. very well in this. <laughs> Yeah, even and the first bit. Like, oh no, they're not. This is just a ritual. This isn't the tribe we're looking for with yeah. the first cannibals that they find. That's they're not cannibals. They're yeah. just eating things. Mm, yeah. It's like, well, good, good covering, good, covering good your asses. It was yeah. great. Uh, and then the, obviously the TV executives are like, brilliant. We got all this found footage. We're gonna we're gonna air it as a documentary. It's gonna be salacious as hell. We're all gonna enjoy consuming this consuming this see what see what the film's doing there uh and then it's up to harold to go um yeah maybe don't have you guys watched this (laughs) yeah yeah and then the second of the film is just harold going yeah this is why we don't and we see a whole bunch of animal deaths um and then we see a whole bunch of people deaths not not to mention the uh the the native genocide sequence uh yeah i mean that's where we start the people deaths uh and it kind of just grows from there so you know the, the the filmmakers who went out there started really kicking the hornet's nest. You know, they were trying to instigate stuff to make the best possible footage. So we have them, you know, shooting the pig, which was really horrifying and difficult to watch. Um, And then burning down the the village. Um, And then later we see the footage of them uh, raping a woman. So Um, much rape. Yeah, there's a lot of rape in this film. A lot of rape. Yeah, which was... um, It's weird how that's not the lead thing about this film, but I think it's because there's so many things which are an issue question yes the woman that the film crew assault yeah is she the woman that's getting the ritualistic yes uh, thing at the, yes yeah yes. i believe is, so this is what i mean Th- that is very clever yeah yeah everything links to everything because else of as what they shocking set up. And, yes. yeah mm. in the first half it's ex- absolutely exploitative mm. i've never seen exploitation done with so much thought, yeah, I go, there's setup and payoff the in this exploitation. That's it. I, when I was like, hmm. "Is that that?" Oh my god, that's the woman from the start. Because of wow, yeah. that's that's more thought. That's clever. Yeah. So um, the, this... that means a good filmmaker made a fucking crazy. Mm. Traumatic exploitation film. He he made what he was hired to make, but he snuck some ideas into it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, basically, and it, and he had to make it. Um, he had to make it make sense. Yeah, yeah, and it does. You know, we we see this woman get assaulted, and then the next reel of film is the film crew finding her body. Um, and it's really interesting as well because I don't think that they realize or that all of them realize that she's dead because of them. Yeah, like directly. Yeah, I I think Faye knows this because Faye is against them assaulting the woman although in 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 the film it's she's saying why are we wasting film footage on this which uh i'm not sure if that's just her trying to appeal to a different sense of them knowing that they're three horny dudes in the jungle pretty upset like yeah she's having her own little side journey yeah and then when they're looking at this uh, woman she actually doesn't intervene until alan decides he's going to join in and then she gets jealous No, i think she's quite malevolent yeah she is pretty vicious through the first half she's Mm. Just nonchalantly having sex in front of the, That's very the genocide. True. That yeah, they... she's fucked. Yeah, it's true. She's not a. No, I don't think it's. Yeah, but I, but then I think when we see 
the woman who's been impaled on the stake, the the look that Faye has, I I guess it was trying to balance between like uh, rage and fear, and I think it's fear based on what you've just said there. Mm. I think it's her going, well, that's that's us next, like that kind of thing. Or saying also like, yeah. they talk about virginity in that and about the um the how they're obsessed obsessed with it, yeah. and they've just watched her fuck a guy mm. over yeah. burnt stuff that they, so she's definitely she's not a bit. definitely she's dead. <laughs> Like she's mm. yeah, yeah. Like she there's again. I'm like that's that's quite awfully brilliant. Yeah, it's and hard to say brilliant because it's um because it's, it's gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. But yeah, but also very interesting. Yeah, this film shouldn't exist, but I am quite glad that it does. Mm. And can I just say, you that as much as I love Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Yes, I think the human shish kebab. In this film is is mm. the cinematic classic, and it, 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 it beats yeah. it. Yeah, it, it's, it's fascinating. The, all the effects in this in the in the film are pretty damn good. Yeah, mm. for the only way to to for this to be feasible to an audience is if it feels real, mm. and to make something feel real um, on a low budget. Um, the makeup effects and stuff, they have to be incredible mm. and they have to be shot in a way that doesn't give anything away. And this film knocks that out of the park mm. because there was actual murder charges dropped against the crew. So. <laughs> well, yes, we, we will get to that in the trivia section. Uh, but the, um, yeah, the impaling sequence, which I think is kind of like the highlight of the gore effects. Mm. And uh, there's a lot of really great gore effects. I, like when Jack's being cut to pieces his and penis his, gets cut off his penis gets cut off that mm. looked real it did it, it wasn't I'm, I'm hoping but it, 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 it was watching very that with three men how real did it look and feel uh, well we all crossed our legs at the same time so <laughs> uncomfortable the worst circumcision ever yeah. but, I mean the guy was a rapist so you know mm. is that I wonder if that's the one that they had to recreate in the courtroom I was in to prove that this man to did... prove that, yeah, yeah. Well, in, in, a, in, a, strides, in a reverse of I the might... Ghostbuster precedent of I can confirm this man has no dick, dick. <laughs> they had to go. I can confirm this man still they, has. They a had dick. to. They. I know they had to reenact how they did some makeup effects in the courtroom to, yeah. p- to prove how they faked it. Yeah, wow. like with I wonder the, if that was one of them with, with the the woman that was impaled. So the way that was achieved was um, didn't really impale her. Obviously, uh, they had the top half of the stake was made of balsa wood, and it was basically held in her mouth like it was positioned in such a way that she could just sit with her head tilted up and holding the wood there mm-hmm. and then the bottom half is just a pole that's stuck into the ground and then they've put a bicycle seat on it so that she can just sit on it but she can sit on it in such a way in such a way where she can just sort of hang naturally your as bum cheek on one you yeah, yeah. Bum cheeks in a yeah. Yeah, and so that's why. And they always shoot it from from side, side on. This, yeah, we, we never have it. Side of it yeah. yeah, we never see it directly front on below the waist because that would give away that she's sitting on a seat but the way that they shoot it side on from far away and just the way her legs look like they're just hanging there it's marvelous it is incredible yeah and and it's and the fact that it's practical and that she's really there and also that her as a performer she doesn't move yeah yeah she's, she's able to just sit there quite comfortably it's a strong core yeah <laughs> i got a question yeah with all of the rapey stuff yeah and the the female got lots of Wang, yeah. but there's. What did the women in the movie say about how they were treated in the movie? Because there's lots of. I know that they've been interviewed yeah. quite a few times. Well, I don't think they really 
bothered to get any feedback from the, the native women, did they? No, no. But, 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 um, yeah. but there's the cast as well. There's lots of, hmm. again, well, exploitation. The female, it's so there. The, 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 the female actress of the American side of this went on to star in a bunch more cannibal films after this. Yeah, she. This she was her first film. Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, and, she, and she went on they, to do more. A lot of them actually had um, uh, um, credits in the hardcore industry as well. So, mm. um, I think they were quite comfortable with nudity. And, comfortable with each yeah. other. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think there was. It just made. I was interested. Yeah. Because they looked but comfortable. I, I think it's a good question regards to the. the the native women in that mm. and how they would because i think they were treated the most horribly i yeah. mean you know yeah, having you know something shoved in your fanny mm. uh not particularly comfortable even if it's fake um i would have thought um mm. to, to be enacting that sort of stuff so yeah mm. I'd, I'd think that potentially was probably the most brutal part wasn't it? that w- i that was a struggle the yeah. first and the fact it's quite early on as well yeah mm. It's um, yeah, it doesn't lead up to it. It just cuts rape. to it. The gang it? rape at the end—that's um, quite nasty. I mean, not yeah. not that any gang rape on screen. Uh, people, you don't is, see is, it. Is, 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 I know. I know what you mean because yeah. you don't see it the way that this film shows it. Mm. They're not depicting assaults. They are showing assaults. Mm. Mm. Um, Again, the exploitation. Absolutely. It's, yeah. I, it's it, yeah, the... it's like I spit on your grave and yeah. those sort of things. But yeah, mm. next next level. Yeah, um, and that, that's that's actually I think it's a valid thing too. And that it, it once again it became an accepted trope of these films, and you had to yeah, have it in that's there. That's the thing. Like you had all to of have, them have nudity. Have that. Yeah. yeah, all of them have gore. Yep, and sex. And, and, I, and, the, and the standard go to was violence against women. Well, and a, you know what? As a because I watch, I love these sort of films as mm. well. And I know that there's a huge female market for these films too. So mm. like, I guess that's why I'm intrigued as to how mm. people are, speak about it and that um, are involved in it because there is a, there's a massive female market for, for, sure. for these yeah. sort of films. And mm. there's, there certainly is um, a, a number of uh, female critics coming through now who are looking at these things from a feminist perspective and adding their uh, opinion and remaking um, them. There's a lot of film mm-hmm. female. I know some female fi- filmmakers yeah. that that are remaking these films, but with a slightly more feminist slant. But like some classics, like yeah, like the the Suswash, the Swaskuska, sisters. I don't know who they are. Mm. But there's <laughs> the yeah. Thing, but but well, yeah. even like um, I, it's a film I find very hard to actually justify, and I find the violence against women, or the violence in general in the film, very difficult. Made by a couple of French female directors, Bazemois. It's, it's a terrible film. Yeah. Um, horrible film to watch. But um, yeah, once again, they, their That's bad take on it was that it was a feminist perspective. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not buying it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's just as exploitative as any of these well, I think films. I think probably part of my interest is because that she is so reprehensible in the film as well. She mm. is not the one. So the 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 American woman, mm-hmm. she doesn't, she's not the moral compass or the, you know, the broken woman who's being dragged along. Mm. She is as much complicit as the others. Yeah. Well, your yeah. sympathies go totally over to the natives. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then that's... Which is, again, very, that makes it even more conflicting because they're still being exploited. I don't, it's... It, but it, 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 
almost feels like one of those classic rape revenge exploitation films in yes. that all of the Americans are I the spit on your grave. the perpetrators, yeah. and that at the end of it, you're rooting mm. for the natives. Mm. They, you have to want all of them to die, and it has yeah. to be okay for all of them to but die the, a horrible, horrible but, death. But the indigenous tribe also killed the victim. And then that's that's kind of the, the interesting thing as well, to look at it, where it's like... I, that's I, very Italian, though. Yeah. yeah. That's because mm. you know that it, it was in the 60s or 70s that mm. Italy still had a law where you had to marry your rapist. Yeah. So, it like, for me, it says a lot about Italian culture. Mm. I know we're getting super deep now. No, no, yeah. But that's... That's I mean, this, this uh, was that's born absolutely out of traditional Italian politics Italian, yeah. Yeah. at the time. So. Italian genre culture, yeah. anyway. I mean, you, you, yeah. If you, the other films like uh, in the same genre, um, Emmanuel and the Cannibals, terrible film, um, but oddly compelling to watch. Um, probably a more shocking film than this, to be perfectly honest. Where Laurie Gemser is repeatedly raped by the tribesmen in that film. Cannibal Ferox, where you have one of the female characters hung by her nipples. Um, yeah, none of these films, none of the women come off particularly well. Mm. Uh, the, the best that any woman will come off in one of these films is she will get through unscathed, but she's a very minor part. Mm. Almost you know, to the point of she's just there for the looks and that's it. Mm. So yeah, I, I do find it interesting that the lead executive that we spend the most time with is is a woman, and I, I'm not sure again if that's a, a conscious decision in in terms of the representation of sex in this film because um, obviously the executives are all just like yeah obviously we want this footage because it's sensational and we're going to get big ratings out of it but the fact that all of Harold's conversations are with the female executive like being in the park when mm. you know there's that loose toddler chasing the pigeons <laughs> um and, and like she she's the, the the executive we kind of get focused on in those boardroom meetings as well i find and it she's quite... also the one yeah. she's seen some of the footage yeah and she's not phased by it and it's she, she's still like, rough at that point mm. there's been assaults in that footage yeah. and there's been yeah. de- animal deaths and she's like she's the one that fine. informs him that like oh yeah that that he set up those soldiers to to yeah, execute those people in this totally last documentary. Like, it's sensationalism. It's what we want. Yeah. Um, any, that any, makes it more fucked any, up. Any, mm. Anything for the... Um, for the ratings. For the ratings, yeah. yeah. Because that's what was happening in and Italian TV. And then at the TV end, at the, the only thing that makes them stop is the fact that the film crew dies. This is very clever. Mm. <laughs> it's very fucked up. Well, I mean, the thing is, is I, I think... I don't know if it's the, 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 the film crew committing the rape that makes them go, right, we can't add. No, it's the... I, I think it's yeah. the tribe tribe people killing the film crew where they go oh that's too much because we mm. can't show we don't want people to know that our film crew got killed it, where they, but, but, but I, we're okay with them manipulating the truth of the media I think they are more going along the lines of because they know that film crew is dead I, I, I feel as though that, that sequence because the, the reason that sequence is together from the assault of the tribeswoman mm. right through to their deaths where we yeah, see action and consequence chunk. Mm. Even though they don't go right, stop the tapes because because the thing is, as an audience of the film Cannibal Holocaust, we we need the closure of seeing what happens to that crew. Like we want to know, yeah, yeah we what want happens them to, to them. as well. But I yeah, think I did want them to die. I think if they, I actually think if there hadn't been the sexual assault on film and that this this film crew had been killed for committing another crime, 
I actually think those executives would have made the decision to still, to still add the footage. Mm. Because they were quite happy with them killing but they all ha- of the tribes people. Yeah, but they couldn't they couldn't create sympathetic figures out of a group of rapists. Fair. And, yeah. and, the and if that is, footage was ever found... Oh, you're so right. So yeah. the problem is, at the end, you see, you clearly see both tribes working together mm. to kill the film crew. Yeah. And it doesn't play into the narrative that they've set up that the two tribes are warring. Of yeah. course. See, it's brilliant, Murray. <laughs> Here's a question. Here's a question. Did you see the professor retrieve a camera? Or was it just film canisters? We saw there was we a camera did, it, it on cuts. the... Huh? I'm like, like you see, mm. you see the camera hang, hung up. I was going to say, but it was a very think... clever native removed that last reel and mm. put it in the canister. <laughs> the, the camera was, that was on the shrine. It was there, but it was shrine. like there was, was no film in it. Yeah, though. it was. It was yeah. opened up. No, so I, I, it could have been exposed. But... No, I think, I think when Mark was dying, ever the professional, he took it out <laughs> as his guts <laughs> are being ripped out with it over really... in the in the baggie and just yeah. just like hiding <laughs> it from the light. He's just reeling it up and he's like, everyone will see this. Um, yeah, it look it's it's a pretty fascinating film, yeah. um, and and it's got a great soundtrack, and it does have a great soundtrack, as heard in season two of Euphoria, as yeah. Rob was telling us. Um, and I swear to God, I heard it in uh, an episode of American Dad this season as well. Like I've I've heard the music from this pop up in some random places this year. The most shocking thing about that is that there are still new seasons of American Dad. Is that still a going? Season concern? eighteen. It just finished. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's that's the most shocking is it thing. Better than a mum for Christmas? Between a mum for Christmas and cannibal seen a holocaust. I for Christmas. I feel I have to watch this now. Mm. Where does uh, the American, American Dad sit? I, I'll be honest. I like American Dad more than both of those. It's <laughs> fine. Excellent. I hate I, Family Guy, but I love American Dad. Would you like some trivia about? Cannibal Holocaust. Well, we've done it to death, Stephen. Surely there's nothing more. Oh, there's a few. There's a few extra morsels. There's a few extra bits of liver that we can chew on. A few scraps to be consider. fought over. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all of this trivia comes from IMDb. So if it's not true, monkey brain. Don't blame me. Oh yes, thank you. Mm. Um, we we should actually talk about the arrest of the director um, Ruggiero Diodato. Um, ten days after the film's premiere in Milan, the film was seized by the Italian courts and Deodato was arrested and charged with obscenity. He was then later charged with murdering several actors on camera and was facing life in prison. Uh, the cast had signed contracts requiring them to not appear in any other media for a year in order to maintain the illusion that they had died. And the budget for this entire film was 100000 How much was he giving them? 100000 in uh, 1980s dollars, though. Mm. Uh, Diodato um, contacted Luca Barbareschi and told him to contact the other actors who were playing the missing film team so that they could appear in a co- appear in court alive and well and then thus get all the murder charges dropped. So yeah, I think if you're in jail facing like life imprisonment for how effectively you've shot your murder sequence, you must be sitting there just going, yes, I'm amazing. But please let me out. <laughs> It'd be as conflicting as we feel yeah. about scoring this the film. Thing, the thing is like, that you'd also be thinking, because it's an exploitation film, immediately, like, that's mm. marketing you cannot pay for. Yeah. Like, like, like that is just a I've gold mine of... Yeah. But he probably would have already had secured um, international yeah. distribution yeah, rights anyway. They pre-sold it because they, he was he was um, hocking off 
footage at Cairns as they were shooting. Mm. Its producer was over there mm. <laughs> showing them rushes and going, shoot more, shoot and this, more. And this film did quite well in the countries where it wasn't banned. Uh, it was the second highest grossing film in Japan for the year 1983. Only, uh, the only, only, ET. E- e- only, yeah, only <laughs> E.T. beat it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> after seeing this film, uh, the director Sergio Leone wrote a letter to Deodato uh, which stated... Dear Reguero, what a movie! The second part is a masterpiece of cinematographic realism, but everyone seems so real that I think you will get in trouble with all the world. <laughs> End quote. Um, so yeah, Correct. he enjoyed it. Uh, Robert Kerman, who was one of the um, uh, film crew actors, was a porn actor trying to establish himself in mainstream films by appearing in this film. Uh, unfortunately, after this film, the legitimate roles dried up and he did go back to working in the adult industries. Debbie the... does Dallas Five. Mm. Not the breakout role he was yeah. hoping for. Ah, yeah. it's 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 unfortunate, but uh, you know, let me take the money where you can get it. I I'm think not sure appearing in a genre film is going to give you your breakout, is it necessarily? You never know. Is he the one that shot the pig? He was Professor Harold um, Monroe, Monroe. So he was the professor. Well, he was too, yeah. Oh. yeah. That's probably why he was comfortable getting That's... his junk out in the river mm. and getting a, having a woman tug on it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. th- but then also that character didn't have any sex scenes, which if you're a pornographic actor trying to get into serious, if quote unquote, films, then yeah, you'd probably be like, can I, can I not do a sex scene? It's a little sad because he's quite a good actor. He's not bad. He's quite. I mean, he's he is the ostensibly the lead actor in this. Yeah, yeah. He holds the film. Yeah, yeah. He's he's good. Yeah. I certainly didn't at any point think, oh yeah, he was in Debbie Does Dallas. Like at, <laughs> at no point did 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 I think, ah, that's where he's come from. So yeah, <laughs> come from. Uh, <laughs> I might have Debbie Does Dallas. I'll have to look him up. See see what his performance is like in that film. Mm. Mm. Uh, when Carl Gabriel York arrived in the Amazon for shooting, he was not given a script or any idea about what the film was about. Uh, as soon as he arrived, uh, Diodato shouted, That's my star! Get him into makeup! His first scene, shot almost immediately, was the amputation of the leg. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in a later interview, York stated that while in the jungle, he did not know whether the film was a proper Hollywood production or a snuff film. <laughs> so he he very much got thrown in at the deep end. Um, yeah, so a little Wild times, a little unlucky there. Uh, but you know, it happens sometimes. It's why it's important to brief your actors. Yeah, well, I guess probably gave him a leg up in his career, or a leg over if he went yes. into the mm. adult career. <laughs> Uh, Deodato has said um, subsequent to the release of this film that he regrets quote everything I did end quote uh, especially the actual animal deaths um, he said uh, once that he was stupid for including the animals in the film in that way so he, he did come to regret those uh, depicting the, the, those actual I think, killings I honestly think he came to regret it after he was um, criticised so heavily yeah, I'm not sure he no, really it, voluntarily. I mean, everyone was too thought doing out it. to, yeah, to be like a an afterthought. And it's mm. it, it it would have been such a casual thing mm. back then. Yeah, especially like he he grew up on a farm. Um, they were killing animals for their but meals. For what about films like Passing Crew? There's films like Pink Flamingos, which mm. is a comedy where they two people literally have sex while killing a chicken. Like mm. it's not. Apocalypse Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so mm. many examples oh, of when it. When I was a Wake kid, there was, a, there was a, a 
um, Milo show and Otis. called Wild Wild World or Wild Wild Planet or something like that, where it yeah animals yeah. died every week. Yeah. yeah, we didn't think anything of it at the time. It wasn't the, the huge rush towards ecology and and um, animal welfare. The I, the one for me is when the actor is the fact that an act one actor wouldn't kill that pig, and so another actor goes, "Don't worry, I'll do it." I'm mm-hmm. like, that's where the film. That's the the line cross for me, which is a which feels weird. That yeah. seems to be the part where I go, oh no, that's too much mm. for me. Yeah, because that's it, the like the last one. That's like the, that, the yeah. very fun. So whatever they've been filming and doing prior to that, everyone's been conditioned that this is okay. And as an actor, you can there's that delicate actor ego that flips people over into mm. the realism. That's why I think Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio is a dickhead. So because <laughs> it's like you didn't. If everyone had said no, hmm. you could have figured out another way to yeah. do something. With and it that. feels like, from from what we've heard, like that they were willing to figure out another way to Exa- do it. What what were you saying about the? He couldn't say his lines. So because- yeah, um, it was actually um, one of the act- other actors in the scene where the pig is shot is was supposed to deliver a monologue um, that was because it was all meant to be part of that one big long take, but um, they screwed up the line during the filming because they weren't expecting the pig to make so much noise when it died and it, it, it squeals and it's loud and it's horrible. Um, and obviously retakes weren't possible because they only had one, one pig, pig, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm glad they didn't just have 10 of the guys lined up. Just like, all right, he messed up the line, bring out the and next it's, piglet. It's not a tribes member. Who's, so you don't have that kind of, I, I guess, a moral safety net of going, well, this is, which is probably what they had on that filming of going, mm. well, we're going to feed everyone. Yeah. This is food. This is tradition. This is culture. Mm. Like that's where that's the white savior man safety net. I think. Yeah. Mm. We don't have that when it's a white actor. When it's the actor with a gun, killing the animal in mm. front of us. That is just that. I guess that's the purity of exploitation. That's yeah. when you go. That's extreme exploitation right yeah. there. Because, but that actor has jumped over the line. Not mm. even stepped. That's a leap. Over the line. Isn't it the role of an actor in an exploitation film to go over that line? No, an actor's role is to act. Yes, correct. I just wanted to ask the question. Like, I don't know. My sister's done films and shows where she's... Guess what? She's not actually killing Nazis in the hunt in Hunters. Mm. She's when we do when she's done Sarah Kane or when you do Sarah Kane Crave, mm. you don't really eat a baby. Yeah, you know, you pretend you you are. Mm. When you do Oedipus, you don't really you know, chop out your eyes. You don't at, at any point in rehearsals. Say, I don't know, Kate was coming around to visit you. Did she go? By the way, do you have any babies knocking around? Just, I just, I need to practice. Hankered for a dead baby. I, I just need to practice, just, just so that because we don't, they can't afford real babies, obviously, for the, no. for, the for the show. But I've seen her eat a baby in yeah. a show, yeah, and it was vegan sausage, mm. but I still thought it was a baby. Mm. You know, yeah. Um, so when I that, those, that's it. where I go. You don't have to do it. Yeah. You can fake it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like I, you don't, you didn't chop his leg off. Yeah, so you didn't have to shoot the pig. I, I think they could have they, quite. They could so have, fuck you, actor. Yeah. Fuck you in the eye. But, I just like I that that's. But that's also that's my line. I, yeah. I still think the director is in charge of production. It's the director uh, yeah, who, the, who yeah. leads it, and he could have achieved the same thing with just a cutaway up or just a a, a pan up the yeah. actor's body. Mm. Bang, there's a shot, and yep. next and thing like, there's a dead pig. I just pig. think, though, if everyone is in this place where they've mm. morally, they've found their, their ground where they can morally accept what's going on, mm. then that's why the, the, the tribesman holding the monkey face, mm. 
up to camera mm. concerned oh, yeah. me that. as well because mm. I was I thought to myself if that's that's a traditional tribe living traditional means traditional ways eating the brains mm. we're watching them eat the brains out of this monkey head and he makes a conscious choice he's literally side on profile to the camera looks and then turns it, the monkey face to face the camera you know what it would have been because because the Italians don't really record much sound on set. That the director stands there and goes, show, "Okay, now show us this." Possibly okay, pull it like that, and you can see like, "Oh, he's just been given some direction, and he's just possibly." Mm, but if there's a language barrier, this, I, I'm fascinated as to if, yeah. what happened because if there's a language barrier, there's um, non-verbals. Mm. So if they're doing things and they're watching the camera crew react like positively to what they're doing, then it would be a natural assumption for someone to be like oh they're filming this they really like this they might not know what the film is but they'll see the people getting excited mm. so they'll respond to the body mm. language yeah that's yeah. what i i'm wondering if that's happened yeah. it's it's just a really well, horrific yes and yeah it yeah. absolutely <laughs> is it mm. is it is thankfully we have a three-hour documentary you could watch probably answer the question for you i'm keen yeah and, and that's an interesting thing in this country uh which is australia last time i checked um it it is a requirement uh if you screen this film that you also have to screen essentially a documentary that is close to three hours long which is almost twice as long as the film which basically gives context for all of the various things which are depicted and shown in the film this was a decision because uh, this film was banned, then unbanned, then rebanned, then unbanned again uh, over the last 30 odd years. Um, but when it was last unbanned, and it is currently available for purchase, that's why Murray has five copies of it. Um, <laughs> because you never know when they're going to take it away again. Um, yeah, it I went... do understand why you have five copies of this now, oh, by the yeah. way. I... I, I upgraded from the DVD. I bought yeah. the Shameless films when I realised it wasn't a great thing, so I bought, had to buy another one, and then there was a better version. Okay. No, I can see the, um, the, the importance of this features. film. They've all got fascinating... Mm. Wow. But, documentaries and but if like you that. were to screen this film in a cinema or in a setting where people have to pay to see the film, yeah. you have to screen the documentary as part of that um, because which, which because is, that's well, the maybe law. that's a tactic for not showing the film because yeah. Yeah. what cinema owner is going to want to have people sitting in seats for five hours for yeah. one feature? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it 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 is fascinating. Uh, finally, there is one final bit of trivia. Uh, the original title for this film was going to be The Green Inferno, which is mentioned a couple of times in the film, uh, but it was changed at the last minute to its current title, which was considered more shocking, especially the use of the word Holocaust. Eli Roth would later make a cannibal-themed horror film titled The Green Inferno that is an intentional homage to this film. Not a great film. Um, <laughs> yeah, not great. There is actually another film, an Italian film, made in the late 80s, also called Green Inferno. Oh yeah. Which is once Le again It's a it's a it's a cannibal film but it's got virtually no gore in oh. it. Yeah. It's it's like the Erzats, it's the Clayton's cannibal film. Oh. Okay. That's fascinating. Fun times. Should I show that one to my child? Um probably get away with it yeah yeah i can't I, I i'm not going to put my hand on heart and say it's totally devoid of anything reprehensible okay but yeah i think it pretty much and she's what 14 now 15? yeah, yeah she's, the other interesting thing about yeah. this film is that the, the one of the associate directors on this is lamberto barber mm. who's the son of the famous italian director mario barber 
probably responsible for um, essentially creating the slasher genre. Um, so yeah, there we go. Wow. There's a little um, genre tidbit. Lamberto made some films too, most of them pretty awful. Um, but uh, I think he did make Demons um, that uh, Argento that yeah. produced. So uh, he probably did That's at least cool. one good thing. <laughs> Excellent. Well, all that remains is for us to score the film. Uh, and I'm very excited because we get because we get uh, four scores for yeah, this. Ten film. out of ten. We did. We were going to make that pact. We yeah. give it. We all give it all ten good. out of ten. So uh, you have to talk about it on the best <laughs> film of 2023. I don't think you need to do that. I think I will definitely be talking about this in our end of year film review because this has been quite the way to kick off the year of film reviews. Uh, but yeah. Tegan, it was your first time watching Cannibal Holocaust. What score would you give it out of ten? Mm, um. Uh, okay. I'm just going to give it six and a half convincing blisters out of ten. I think, I think like you said, they were real blisters. I think they might yeah. have been. Um, yeah. If you can stomach it, I do think people should watch this. If you're a mm. film buff, mm. there is a lot in this film that is important to see. If you're an actor who likes method... Mm watch this and just see what could happen if you take it too far you may have to and murder pull your head in yeah. you fuck yeah <laughs> um yeah leonardo dicaprio should watch this film no i'm worried it'll give him ideas oh true yeah. take it too far. Yeah, he'd be like i want to shoot 10 pigs in my next film like it's, it's a problem um i do think it's it shouldn't have been made but it's kind of important that it was. Mm. And it is, it is of the time. It, it, yeah, there's mm. so much history attached to this film. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Um, six and a half uh, plausible blisters out of ten. All right. Um, Robert, what about yourself? Uh, I, I would give it six human shish kebabs out of ten. It's, uh, it's, I, I appreciate the film more than I like watching it. Mm. This was my first time watching it in a good 15, 16 years. Mm. <laughs> um, it's not one that you casual that I casually throw. I'm, I'm not Murray. I don't casually th- throw it on every weekend. Um, but <laughs> like I could just feel the judgment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I he like watches I... the Apple every weekend. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, I'm far worse. I'm far worse. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, no, I I I find this film fascinating mm. and. As a found footage lover, I think it's one of the most important films. Mm. Um, and there's also some really amazing gore and stuff in it that I really love. <laughs> but also, you know, I've got a lot of uh, criticism of it as well. Mm. I think it's it's a weirdly hypocritical film. What about yourself, Murray? Um, well, Stephen, I, I kind of like all genre cinema and I'll forgive all sins usually. Um I yeah I find actually uh, it probably means I'm some sort of sociopath. I actually find the animal cruelty that the, the, the worst bit in this. Mm. Um, I have That's no scary. sympathy for any of the human characters. Um, but yeah, this for me was a film that was one of those ones that sort of whispered about when you're a kid in high school. We had no chance of actually seeing it, but everyone wanted to watch Cannibal Holocaust, mm-hmm. just as everyone wanted to go to see the Sex Pistols. You know, it, it was one of those things. It was a rite of passage thing for when I was growing up. It was transgressive, and we wanted it. Mm. Um, so yeah, because of that, it's it's going to have a little bit of um, 
uh, I suppose, emotional support from me in that regard. So I'm going to give it seven and a half savage dicks. Um, <laughs> I still um, think Diodato's uh, a complete bastard and um, probably made some of the most reprehensible cinema in history, but um, God love him for having done it. Yeah. <laughs> Someone had to do it. Did they? <laughs> no. No, they didn't. But you know what? He did anyway. Uh, and I- I'm... I'm sort of, I think, largely in the same ballpark as everyone else, where it's like, gosh, this is a really significant film. Gosh, this is not a good film to watch. Yeah. Um, like, I-, I had a similar reaction, although I think this is more intense, to watching Mother recently on the podcast, where M- Mother, at the very least, is like, I'm pretty sure uh, Kristen I Wiig... I ate a baby in that one. Yeah, I'm pretty... But I'm pretty... <laughs> I'd rather watch that one, yeah. But I'm pretty sure Kristen Wiig <laughs> didn't re- actually execute those people uh, in, in, with the... Um, I wouldn't put it past her. With the, with the blindfolds <laughs> on. Like, I feel like, yeah, it's it's a film that I can really appreciate without liking a lot. Um, but there's, there's a lot of really significant things in here. And as a... I think I'm just enjoying it more as a historical artifact than as a film. Yes. Um, so I'm going to give it six... Uh, non-mammal deaths out of ten that nobody speaks about because they they spear at least two fish. Pisists. Yeah, Pisists, as, <laughs> as Tegan coined. Like, I'm reading all this trivia about, oh, the poor marmoset, oh, the poor monkeys, which I am sympathetic towards. I realise doing that voice makes it sound like I don't care that those animals got killed. But they only talk about some animals. They don't talk about the fact that, yeah, we clearly see fish getting, um, you know... Again, it's the layers of hypocrisy surrounding (laughs) this film that make it fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um... Yeah, the poor... There was a python. Yeah, that's It didn't make his... They didn't have to chop his leg off. It was a python. Yeah. Dickhead. His leg and that snake could have carried on hanging out. It would have been Side okay. note, you've got ducks with sunglasses on your socks. I do. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> Thank you. I like that you wore them to this movie. I thought I might need cheering up, so yeah. I thought I'd look down at my legs, and they've been great. They've worked for me. Yeah, they, they've been great. Um, so Unless it's a duck with its eyes gouged out. Uh, that, I'm not going to... I can't reveal what's behind the sunglasses. Uh, that brings us to the end of this review of Cannibal Holocaust. Um... Rest in peace, Pele. We, we, <laughs> we, yes. we, hope, we hope the world won't it forget It probably your was filmed roughly within, what, 3,000 kilometres of where Pele was? Uh, there there around, you go, there's your link. No, nah, at that time, I think he would have either still been playing for or just finished playing for the New York Cosmos. But where was he so, born? No, they were in Brazil. But actually, no, they were in New York. You know, Pele was probably in the background. There we go. I don't know who this person is. Oh, Robert, we'll... we'll Play soccer. We'll... Oh. In, we'll it, <laughs> Whatever. I will give you a breakdown of Palais off mic uh, because we probably did... quite oh, an take, exhaustive it'll one. It'll be three hours. Yeah, yeah. there's we'll a, have to a three-hour documentary before you get to talk about it. Oh, though. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to that, uh, but off mic because this episode has gone quite long. So uh, <laughs> all I can say is Robert, Murray, and Tegan, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Thank you. Thank you. And happy new year. That was beautiful. <laughs> Every time. I do still have my outro bits to do, but I, I did enjoy all the music. <laughs> I was almost tempted to finish it there, but no. Uh, what I do have to say, dear listener, is thank you for joining us. It's 2023. We've got another 50 films. Uh, hopefully. It's all, all, all beginning with the word cannibal. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the year of the cannibal. Uh, no, uh, hopefully there'll be uh, a lot less animal deaths uh, in the upcoming films. So no Milo and Otis. No Milo and Otis, I'm yeah. sorry. Definitely not not for at least the next two weeks, old boy? I'm going to say. 
Uh, well, well, we'll see. Look, we've got we've got the whole year ahead of us. Who knows? Who knows what's going to come up? If you would like to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get a new episode each and every week, uh, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, um, wherever wherever you find podcasts, we'll be there. We're also available on Facebook. You can get news and updates about the program there uh, by searching for the Cinema Catch-Up Club in Facebook. And we have a Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can How much, get Stephen? As little as a dollar a month! Uh, you can get all sorts of bonus goodies and features, little extra uh, tidbits here and there. Um Maybe some bits will get cut out of this program. Maybe I will record a conversation between me and Rob Woods explaining who Pele was. And no, I don't think we're going to do that based on Rob's face. Speed! <laughs> okay, I'll try and talk about Pele in the context of the, of the apple. That, that's what it will be. I can only explain Pele's career, but using memes from Let's the apple. Let's do found footage the apple. <laughs> Sing about it. <laughs> uh, that is all for this week. So until next time... Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're like a child. You're like a fucking child. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.